Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. She walks by. Okay, we're rolling. We're rolling. Yep. And Yay. Yeah, we landed in uh, Washington, D.C. with a thud. Oof. Actually, I thought Kevin made fun of me because... On the plane, they kept talking about all this uh, turbulence, turbulence, yeah, turbulence. They up, they Please, everybody turbulence. sit down. Everybody sit down. Don't <laughs> get up. The whole flight. So when we were coming in for a landing, they <laughs> like, okay, we're coming and we're coming down. We're going to yeah. come. There was a big lead up yeah, to it and everything. I think it was funny. You didn't you didn't hear the sound of the um the, like the landing gear come down. There was just and some that, rumbling. And and yeah, we hit and we landed and you you thought well I'll let you tell them. But well, I yeah, thought that was so funny. so. After multiple, you know, warnings and dun, dun, yeah, you know, yeah. I thought turbulence the plane was going to out of the sky. You know, like they even had the wait. Okay, we're going to stop service. Yeah. You know, blah blah. All this kind of stuff. Yeah. And it, the whole flight was relatively smooth, so I thought we were above the clouds. Yeah. So when we got back to DC, we're coming in for the landing, and we hit started to rumble, 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 yeah. rumble, 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 and I thought we were going through the clouds. Now it's turbulence. That turbulence. And then I leaned and forward, and then <laughs> the turbulence at its very worst was maybe a three on a scale of one to ten. It was hardly it wasn't any. Even that it no, wasn't even no, that no. was it? No, I've been in planes before where I was like, we all know that I have too. Uh, yeah, well, yes, you have too. <laughs> I've been in planes before where I thought, well, well, it was nice knowing you. You know, and mm-hmm. no, this was. I thought the sm- flight was smooth, and yeah, it was JetBlue. It was it was went it went great from beginning to end. Well, <laughs> and then I tried to so I tried to get the damn JetBlue cards to get the the points <laughs> and shit, and it turned into a complete we're like. We're gonna try that again when we're done. Well, no, because it doesn't. <laughs> no, we're not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna. Uh, well, good for you. The uh, you know, oh, get this credit card and you get all these points. You got well, I tried and. I don't it just completely yeah, it's, what a it, but big you get pain such a bonus and everything. And it's it's a trick is you get the credit card application on the flight. We learned this from right. Sven, our neighbor. Yes. That they will give you an offer on in flight for whatever airline it's like you're on. Sixty thousand miles. Sixty five thousand. Like, okay. But if you do it using that scan code, you get seventy thousand miles. Right. Which is if you do it right, that's like nine round trips. To well, we're Fort doing Lauderdale. a big old commercial for JetBlue. The reason yeah. that JetBlue <laughs> is the is the one is that that's the one we use the most to go to and from Florida. Yeah, because that's the you know easy ones to go to and from Florida. Yeah, because it makes it so. God, we sound so snotty. So. And of course, being on the plane, <laughs> we kind of are. Well, no, but we're. I mean, we're going jet blue. I know, I know. Come it's on just, now. No, it's pretty good. That's a mid level. You know, well, no, but it's just like it's not like we're first class. No, no, no. no. Is that you know? And Kevin, Kevin finds cheap flights and all this kind of crap. These weren't so cheap, but we but got these, the we got the miles. Well, <laughs> I with the with the low end uh, with the low end air travel, the I have demanded that I have uh, group A seating. Yeah, because I cannot handle that cattle call bull it's crap. It's the weirdest thing because people get on there. Every other person acts like they've never boarded a plane I, before. You put your bag in the thing I and you sit down, and it's like it. rocket science for half the plane. Once I am on the plane and in my seat, I can completely downshift. Yeah. So, like, literally, before they call the flight, you know, I'm sitting in the outside and everything's fine. But right before the flight, and I get all worked up in, in yeah. my own head. This is not like I'm acting out publicly. Yeah. But, you know, in my own head. But then the second I get on the plane, I put my suitcase in the thingy yeah. case. I, and I know. It's it's a miracle. It's it a is miracle. A, it is a Christmas miracle. I am down <laughs> to one carry-on suitcase. <laughs> Um, and it. And what so, brand of luggage is it? 
Hartman. And my poor Hartman, it's, it's the, yeah, my beautiful 20 matched pieces of luggage. It might have to go to the wayside because there's, I, I need, I need the four wheel thing. Yeah. I need the four yeah. wheel thing because mine only has the two wheel well, thing. So we left Fort Lauderdale, it was 85. We landed here, it was, it was 45. <laughs> which was fine by me. I don't care. But. And uh, yeah, so anyway, so we're hot, we're back here, and we're re- fully recovered from the coronavirus that we got a few <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> Unbelievable! It but caught us. <laughs> it did, but you know, and it, but but we wore masks. We did. We wore masks coming back, and everything. We're not. We're not transmittable we're, anymore. We're, but just out of a, but, abundance but of caution my, for my, our fellow travelers. My best friend Frank always says, uh, "Flick, picking and flicking, picking and flicking, Pick, the, the DNA, the DNA, the human DNA. They're picking and flicking." And and I <laughs> watch these that. people, and I'm just like, it's so. Picking their noses, yeah. picking their ears, it's picking vulgar. hair, picking and, and, and their and hair. It looks like they just got out of bed. Oh, oh, <laughs> it's like can't you? And oh, uh, it's just well, oh. Gonna, let's talk some true crime, shall we? Okay. Watch the bad solve? Taste of that Did you just say solve? <laughs> yeah, we're not that talented. Okay, so, uh, this is again that true crime daily, which is an internet only series. It's true on YouTube. True crime daily, and this is just the murder of Tara Grant. The murder of Tara Grant. And it, uh, now I'm yeah. going to interrupt you. We yeah. actually had a little bit of a an argument because I Ooh. know we watched, we watched studied it, something yeah, we on did this last before. December. So if there's, I don't believe there's one out there, but no, we there isn't. We, uh, we watched it. And we made. I fun knew of the it. information, and that's what was spooky to me. So, I'm like, wait a minute, I well, know this one already. This takes place in a suburb, uh, a well-to-do suburb of Detroit, Ugh, and Detroit. Tara Ugh. Grant was uh, a native of Michigan, and. She was a very successful executive. Executive? Uh, yeah, she rose through the ranks of her company, and they are located in San Juan, Puerto Rico. So she had a husband and two children when she got this promotion. So what she would do is she would fly down first thing Monday morning to San Juan, and she would fly back every Friday afternoon. Oof. And oof. so I'm sure there's a direct flight because Detroit Airport is a major yeah, airport. Yeah, but oof. But still, what how dedication. Long, how long would that flight be? Probably five, four hours. Five, four, yeah. five hours. Yeah. yeah. Four, three and a half, four. Yes. Yeah, Not something I'd want to do, you uh, know, twice a week. Well, if you're getting paid well enough to afford it, you know, <laughs> yeah, okay. But, you know. So she married this, um, she's outgoing, successful. She married her polar opposite in Stephen Grant. Um, we hear Oof. from his friend, Ken McCauley. He was the guy that you thought would grow up and rob a liquor store and leave his name tag on and you'd see him on the stupidest criminals. Steve wasn't the most popular kid in the world. He wasn't the best looking. And so I guess when I saw his wife, I was like, wow, good job, Steve. I never thought you would get get someone like Tara. So Ken McCauley was like, good for you, Steve. And you landed somebody way out of your league. What 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 accolades? What what what, what, what a review! I expected, I expected him to rob a liquor store with his name tag on. It was now, such a burn. Being being mean mm-hmm. because you know I'm mean. Mm-hmm. She was a very attractive woman, but with this executive, this level of executive job, she could have sure got her teeth fixed. But yeah, he looked. He looked like he was scared. His yeah. eyes, every picture, his eyes are yeah. really, really big. She, and she and was, seemed, and she and was quite attractive. Good. She was an attractive was. woman. She was an attractive woman. And uh, he looked a little, he looked a little, yeah, what is it, fighting above his weight class? Yeah, punch or, above yeah, his yeah, weight. Pu- there it is. Yeah, he punch, was. Yeah. So this is Andra Billups, and she's the other talking head. And she describes how it was Tara's success that allowed them to live in this very nice suburb of Detroit. 
Otero's success allowed them to have a very successful life. They lived in a really nice neighborhood. They drove new cars. Their children attended a private school. Stephen is a stay-at-home mom, Mr. Mom. Well, he did have a job. Did he? He had a job at a a tool and dye company. Was that his dad's? I don't know. Okay, no. I don't know. Because when I heard that, I immediately knew what they're talking about because of Parkersburg was Ames. Ames mm-hmm. was a tool and die company. So they make the tools and they paint them. And okay. So all I right. Well, we, we see lots of pictures of him at the soccer fields and all the stereotypes of suburbia. He's well, a stay at home. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's yeah, a stay at home mom. Uh, um, uh, Dad, Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom. But uh, what's what's the, that beautiful house? Even yeah. if it is, even if it is. Well, they they said they they theorizing he felt emasculated, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, so, by all accounts, according to Phillips, their marriage seems fine, but all is not as it seems. And behind never. the scenes, it's a very stressful marriage. Stephen thinks that Tara is having an affair with her boss. Right. Meanwhile, Stephen has reconnected with a former girlfriend and is actively pursuing her. And on top of that. They have a German au pair who has moved in with them, who Stephen has a crush on. Well, and she's 19, year- 19 years old. And at one point, he just outright says to her, you know, I'd like to have sex with you. And she's she keeps uh, him at arm's length. Uh, see, and then when this is what I always say, what did he want? So, like, we've done all these ones in the past where, well, she got the house and she got the car and then she left. And then, you know, mm-hmm. then she got a, and I'm like, well, what did he want? Yeah, he basically he was could just do unhappy what he in wanted. the marriage and he clearly, just you know. Leave, so just leave. He found some stuff on her computer, too, that seemed kind of incriminating. Now, but they, they never, you know what, he, that, I, I'm going to say, I think that's hearsay. Yeah. I think he's making that up. He may have done. Yeah. But he got back. It's the weekend before Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day on 2007. According to Stephen, Tara came home that Friday night, her usual. She got in late. They got into an argument. He, she said to him, I'm going back early on Sunday, a day early. So Stephen says they got into an argument. She packed up her bag, said fine, left, got into a car that was waiting for her, a hired car, which we later learned she never did. So his, his story starts. And and went back to uh, Puerto Rico. So now just just to fill in a couple little details here, she got in later than her children were awake. So her two children Are both were asleep. in bed asleep. Right. So we now hear Stephen calling her phone a couple of hours after the fight. We get the audio. Hi, this is the staff on the so he keeps calling her Oof. cell phone number. Oof. He starts reaching out to family members asking if they've heard from her. And they said she's probably just cooling her heels down in Puerto Rico. When she's ready to talk to you, she'll be ready to talk to you. But he calls frantically, and then five days later on Valentine's Day, he goes and reports her missing. This is when we meet Sergeant Pam McLean. He came in, one of our deputies took a report from him, and it was immediately turned over to our detective bureau because it just really wasn't adding up. So we get this slightly uncomfortable observation from Andra Billups about, (laughs) well, here's the audio. It was a big deal because, frankly, um, attractive, well-educated executives didn't go missing in the Detroit suburbs. (laughs) And and that's excellent stuff. 
She's well-educated, good-looking women, and I know she wanted to say white women, don't go missing in Detroit like this. Right, they just right, don't. Right, right, right. So it's a big deal. We see a lot of news footage of search crews out in snowy fields, and everybody's mobilized. Later on, we saw that a reporter flew from the Detroit News flew to Puerto Rico to interview people. Oh, yeah, we, that was that was a research. But, but here's the thing that immediately I was like, as soon as I heard this, something's wrong. She's working Monday through Friday in Puerto Rico and mm-hmm. coming home for the weekend. Right. She didn't see her kids. No, she There's didn't. There's no way... A mom is not going to do that. It's going to turn around and have a hissy fit with and her husband. leave without seeing her kids. So now Pam uh, and her partner go and interview Stephen at the house, and he seemed very fidgety and overly anxious. Well, here she is. When we first got to the house, Stephen's very nervous. He was very fidgety. He was trying to be overly cooperative. And the more questions we started asking him, the more nervous he became. Right. He was overly helpful. You know, he's like, oh, you know what I mean? You can just see he's falling all and, over himself. And you and they do. And go, I'm going back to the eyes. It's like he's got the toothpicks holding the eyes open. They're so wide and the eye, they're completely dilated. And all the pictures, his eyes are completely dilated. The police do not trust Stephen and they put surveillance on him fairly early. We set up surveillance on him. We knew that something wasn't right and we believe that he had something to do with it. Uh, the best part of the episode is when Steven's on screen with the local news pleading for oh. any information on it. Here we go. It's a really good one. It, this is going to make the 911 Emmys. I hope Darren walks in that door right there. If not, I hope myself has 10 messages from her when I walk back into the room. Please call anybody. Call the police. Call me. Call in must call someone. If you see her, tell me. Please. They go, they mentioned that they checked her passport. Her passport wasn't used. She's flying to Puerto Rico. Well, you don't need a passport. But, uh, yes, but you know, That's they, a real they, were checking, with Puerto they were checking to make sure she didn't go someplace else. <laughs> and they, I followed they, that They one. checked her credit cards and her airline records, and she never left uh, Michigan. She didn't fly. Right. They look at her cell phone records, and her last cell phone call was that night. So a woman... A few days later, walking in a nearby park, notices a bag stuck in the hollow of a tree, Which and I she goes and looks at it. It's kind of weird, and it's got it's got saw parts, it's got metal shavings, and it's got bloody rags, and eventually these bloody rags turn out to be Tara's blood. At this point, Stephen starts to become a lot less cooperative, and we hear this from Sarah. At this point in time, Stephen had become somewhat uncooperative with us. All of our questions we had or anything had to go directly through an attorney. He had refused to take a polygraph for us. We had later learned that he had taken a private polygraph and that it came back as inconclusive. So while they're searching the park extensively, they get a search warrant for the home. They show up with the search well, you warrant. Gotta pause. You got pause. I got pause you right there. Okay. Okay. This one isn't. This is current times. Yeah, this isn't that long ago. Yes, yeah. 15, 15 years. Fifteen years ago. If you kill somebody, it it is common. It is it is it is it is proven statistically, scientifically, all the words you want to use. <laughs> right. The first person <laughs> they're going to look <laughs> at always the is spouse, the spouse <laughs> slash love interest. Yeah. So this ding dong thinking he's. Better, smarter, charming, and he's not any of those things. That's what's even funnier. But I think later, I think when he gets the lesser charge, it's because 
this was spot. Well, we'll get. I'm getting yeah, advice yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, we gotta yeah. stop that. But but so, I just I just love the fact that it's like you know he and he, the the good go, to go back really quickly to the to the interview where he's crying and I'm just like dude. You, they don't act like that. No, they don't. And he apparently started reaching out to the news companies, like, "Come and interview me again. I want uh, to plead for my wife's uh, return." That, yeah, we just, yeah, yeah, and, research. And, uh, so anyway, they get a search warrant for the home. They show up. Stephen's like, "Cool. Do you mind if I walk the ooh, dog?" Ooh, ooh, and then we go in research. We got that. Go, yeah, I was gonna. Go. I was going. Yeah, yeah. So we see him literally walking the dog down the street, looking over his shoulder. He beats feet. They find her torso <laughs> in the garage. <laughs> In a in a oh, tub, and it's her arms and her legs and everything are missing. It's just her body, right next to children's toys. It's just in a in it a, is in a, in a I'm rubber made tub. The, look behind you yeah. on the cat. It's the in one of those tubs. Big, look, Kevin. So then there's like, big I, green tubs. Yeah, rubber made tubs. So what he's done is he's hightailed it and he's gone and taken his car to a friend of his house, borrowed that guy's truck. He then went to his sister's house grabbed a bunch of her Vicodin from her medicine cabinet. He got liquor. He bought a toy gun. And then he starts driving around the state of Michigan in the middle of February. And he's heading towards Northern, Northern State Park, eyes. where they used to go camping. He's going there. They they track him down. They find him. He's almost dead from exposure. They bring him back. They bring him back to life. We see him in a wheelchair and in the black and white yes. prison garb, like it's straight out of Monopoly. Right. And Oof. he eventually starts to confess very quickly, and we get a lot of the audio. Well, I, I well, yeah. She fell, you know, she banged back her head on the floor, and then she said something like, that's it. I'm going to take kids, you're going to be homeless, you're a piece of So he explains what had happened, right? And then... Like he says the bluntest like, of detail, like, we like, heard it. It's he, like he he he'd given up. Yep, so he'd given up. She, now he says he she slapped him. He uh, you know I, you know it was all hearsay. But then he choked her. But it he all made sense. Pulled her down the stairs by her neck with a belt because, because she was, he was wasn't strong enough to pick her up. He, he must be a real wimp because she was a small she woman. Was, well, he was and small. and and so you know he took her and and he put her in the car for the night. Just then the nanny comes back home. He tells her about the fight. Oh yeah, he carried her down the steps naked. Yeah, and he tells them this. Yes. He tells him, and, and he tells he's him everything. Flat, and everything I think they t- takes now, her to his dad's machine shop, cuts her up, brings her back, takes her to the 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 park because he's hoping animals are going to get the remains. Well, he took her to the machine shop to cut her up. Yeah, I he did that in the garage. Nope, took her to his dad's okay, machine sorry, shop, sorry. put down a bunch of plastic, cut him up, then took her body to the park. Then he heard that they the search parties were going to look for her in the park. He's like shit, so he went back and grabbed the torso because he had that. So he brought that back. He brought it back to his dad's machine shop where it sat for a day. He first removed it from the park, then took it to his father's business, and he put it on top of the office area up there. It remained there for approximately a day, at which time he moved it because he was afraid it was going to start smelling. Then he brought it to the garage, and it just so happened that the cops had the search permit the the, the the whatever warrant that he happened to have the body in the garage. It was just good timing for the cops. 
And that's what set them off. So to go back to it very, very quickly, the reason they have this excellent footage of him, because they're searching his house. And because they're searching his house, he's allowed to leave. Often that happens. When they're searching the house, they don't want the person there anyway. Right. So I think they've learned, though, now. You'd well, be like, well, you can't. Remember the lady in uh, California well, who poisoned everybody? Just, I'm going to go just, get lunch. She yeah. just walked away. Uh, so, so the reason that they have this excellent footage of him walking down his track. Oh, and, oh, 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 and we didn't mention, it is... It is February in Detroit, Michigan. There is a foot of snow on the ground. Mm. It is ice cold. He is walking down the driveway of his house with his dog. He doesn't have gloves. He has to take, borrow gloves from somebody. Right. The reason that they have this excellent footage of him walking away is because he had made an arrangement with the local news reporter who had been following it all to, along to interview him in the garage. Yeah. So he, tell me that's not a little... Uh, uh, it's uh. very fucked up. And he he thinks that he's friends with this reporter because years later he sends him a note. He's like, hey, you want to kind of catch <laughs> up? So they take him in. They've got the, all of this evidence. They've got his confession. The trial lasts three weeks. He is given second-degree murder. And, now, and he that got I don't 50 understand. to 70 years. I don't understand. He... He killed her, mm-hmm. chopped her up, mm-hmm. spread her body about. Yeah, had the torso in the garage. I'm listening. But she, but he only got charged with second degree because they didn't. They didn't. There wasn't premeditation. They do believe that he kind of snapped. <sighs> oh, so premeditation whoa. is part of first degree. Oh, that, they do think that he that. just okay. kind of came unglued. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, and he said, oh, and I'm, I'm going to go for, go to prison for this. You know, he starts choking her. And that then- is what I think when he gave the uh, confession, mm-hmm. he realized it's over. I can't get away. I can't do anything. I can't blah, blah, blah. I think that's why the confession is so like, and then I wrapped yeah. my belt around her and I took her down. Because they kept remarking about how passionless Bla- he was. Blase you know? about it. Yeah, he's making jokes and but stuff. But even today, <laughs> Detective McLean cannot suppress a smile as she's talking about what an idiot this <sighs> guy was. Our timing was just right. Fortunately for us, he had just moved her torso back there the night before. We get some supplemental footage from her uh, Tara's sister who eventually adopted the children and raised them. They've moved to Ohio. Apparently, the kids who are now young adults um, adapted pretty well. They 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 don't they don't talk about their dad. Um, so they're probably out of high school, possibly yeah. early college at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they are well adjusted. Yes. They're well adjusted. They they you know they they've dealt with it. They're probably being cared for properly by the aunt as their mother. Yeah, as their as their uh, guardian. So Stephen's dad was so oh. upset about this. He committed suicide a year Isn't after. Isn't that all this. horrible? Yes. So because because that's another thing that like like I I know. Because I have weird conversations. I will be the one that would be would be sitting at dinner and go, so if I killed somebody, would you still talk to me in prison? Like, I would you, Well, you told somebody. me if you got caught for anything that, that um, your two friends, Jessica and, yeah, and no, Frank, would yeah, disown you. Frank would just <laughs> own you. Frank would just own you. Frank would just completely stop talking to me. Not even for murder, me. just a felony. Yeah, but if I, you know, because they would, they would, if I said I am innocent, they would believe me. They would me. believe you. Yeah. Right, right. But it, knowing this, because I would never reach out. Like, if I was... I wouldn't. I wouldn't try to reach out to friends if I did this. Mm. I would. I'm like, okay, I get it. Don't talk if you, to me. If you did, it did do it, but you wouldn't but, do it, right? I know what you're no, saying. Yeah. So but I'm Stephen, just like, what? The only person who goes to see Stephen is his sister. Sister. She goes. She still lives in the area. I don't know. I think the mother's dead. They didn't mention anything yeah, about the mother. But the but but father kills himself. So the sister still got a deal. She's got the brother that's in jail for killing. 
the mother of her of her niece and nephew who she doesn't see anymore she can't see the father killed himself those two kids went to live with the aunt the aunt whose sister died. i believe that the woman that steven was seeing was also under suspicion for a while her, she got put through the ringer well, of course so they wanted to, so there was that and then you know the nanny for a while they thought the nanny had helped him because she was because well, she, she was, was there. german and she, she was well, yeah, she's she right. she foreign a german be evil but um, yeah, because yeah. so they, they thought that she must have known something was going on. And, uh, so it really I upended. Say because she was 19 and a foreigner, <laughs> and she's t- living in the house taking care of the two kids. <laughs> that was on um, on The Simpsons. Um, Sideshow Bob? Yes. He had, he had Die, Bart, Die written on his hand, and his defense attorney was like, no, 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 it's D, Bart, D, it's German. How could anybody speaking German be evil? <laughs> it was really the genius writing of The Simpsons. We pulled up his mugshot, he's gotten fat, and you're more like, I don't understand, how do you get fat in prison? He was a skinny, skinny dude. He was a skinny dude. He looked like a runner, swimmer kind of yeah. a build. So I know that the, I, I my in my research, uh, uh, prison fare has a lot of carbs in it. I get that. I think that. you can eat as much as you want if you're in the mess hall. You know, you can get as much bread and How? rice as you want. There's no way they're going to do that. And then the, the commissary, you can get people give you money. You can go and buy I stuff, guess, cigarettes. But I just can't imagine, uh-huh. in my twisted little brain, uh-huh. you go into prison and you get fat? Mm-hmm. I, to me, that would seem like the complete polar opposite of what would happen. If you went into prison, your yeah. meals are limited, your yeah, food is limited. It's not all weightlifting and fights in the yard. No, no, no. That's not what I mean. I mean, like, I guess unless you, if all you ever do is lay around and eat car. I, yeah. Oh, Jesus. That's my, my, my. Yeah. But I just, I mean, I mean, in terms of, I'm not even trying to be funny. I really, I, I really just like when I saw his picture, that was my response. I don't understand how that, that everything is so, I, I don't know from, you know, I'm not going back. So, you know, I don't understand the, the logic of yeah, how it works out, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. did. And, and, um, so he's got, uh, 50 to 70 years and it was a very big deal. They now have an annual run, Tara's run or whatever. And it's to raise yes. money for domestic abuse. Domestic abuse. Apparently he had been terrible to her up and, leading up and to the And none of it, nobody really knew this until afterwards. He right. was manipulative and mean and, Once you know. Once they examined the relationship closely, right, they're yeah, like, you're yeah. a dick. Right. So anyway, well, anyway, welcome back to sunny, well, overcast and chilly yeah, Northern well, Virginia. Yeah. And yeah. thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, or a war,